Delaware for this edition. It's the second edition with Dr. David Legates, a professor in the geography department with an emphasis of climatology. He's also been the uh, Delaware state climatologist for a number of years in the past and uh, has uh, strong credentials in this field, uh, but doesn't hold to uh, what many people are promoting in terms of uh, climate change, either the reality of what's going on with the climate or how important human involvement is in that uh, issue. And so, uh, David, welcome again to our microphones. Thank you very much. And uh, so you came to a position, uh, or in your studies, you came to a, a position that uh, uh, human involvement in CO2 production is not necessarily uh, the most significant aspect of the climate. Right. I think climate changes. I mean, that's one of the things we've always seen is that climate is not a constant. It always varies. We got into the problem of defining climate as sort of average weather. So you assume that the average shouldn't change, but in fact it does for a variety of different reasons. And so I think climate does change, and humans do affect climate in a variety of ways. Carbon dioxide is not a non-player, but I think it's a minor player in climate change. I don't think it's the major driving force that changes things, and certainly not one that's going to bring about all the disasters and plagues that supposedly we see from the anthropogenic global warming hypothesis. And so even uh, I've noted that, uh, you know, you have, you go to the grocery store and they offer you a, a cloth bag instead of the plastic or paper. And, uh, you know, you have the, the fads, I think, that go on. And there's a lot of things people are doing to adjust uh, our CO2 emissions. Uh, and yet I understand the greatest reduction in CO2 emissions has been the uh, uh, the uh, development of natural gas as a major supply for uh, electricity production and that cuts CO2 emissions in half apparently when that is it's correct. used. Is that, uh, that is something correct. that you've noted in your uh, Yeah, and the issue though is that plants generally do much better under higher CO2s. In fact, that's why greenhouses pump in extra carbon dioxide because at two, three, four times the carbon dioxide levels, plants really behave or really grow much more rapidly. So if you're running a greenhouse, you want rapid plant growth. In the, United, in the world, for example, with more uh, carbon dioxide, you get more greening. So it's a definitely a good thing. Uh, as I said, gen, you know, the, the, we put catalytic converters on cars, and a lot of people say, well, we should pull them off because they're putting carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and they decrease the energy efficiency of automobiles, the miles per gallon. But the reason they're there is to stop the real pollutants, the volatile organic compounds, the carbon monoxides, the nitrogen oxides, the sulfur oxides, and so forth. And that's what we really need to focus on, the true pollutants as opposed to carbon dioxide. Okay, and so we've uh, basically defined uh, CO2 as a pollutant or uh, something Correct. that's when harmful when exactly. poison. And really, what does CO2 do in the atmosphere and with the, the relationship between uh, life, uh, animals, and plants? And yeah, as I said, in the atmosphere, beings. with more carbon dioxide, plants jet grow better. Animals grow better. Everything we've seen is that things grow faster, more efficiently. Phytoplankton, there's more phytoplankton and so forth. Um, and then when it comes to carbon dioxide or in the atmosphere, the change on climate is rather moderate. I mean, we want to say it's somewhere between two and a half and six degrees Celsius. But in reality, what we're seeing is that the sensitivity is only about one degree Celsius. And it really doesn't come along with changes in increased precipitation, flooding events, droughts. It doesn't come along with hurricanes, tornadoes. We're not seeing any of that. A lot of the climate models, um, well, there's problems associated with the climate models that are 
more more complicated than to go in on this radio broadcast. But essentially, the argument from what I've seen is that it's a minor change player at most, and the benefits often outweigh the cost. And uh, in the design of creation that God made, uh, carbon dioxide and oxygen are uh, the things that keep the plants going and the people going. Okay? Exactly, that, that exactly. We, we need the oxygen that the plants give off, and they need the carbon dioxide to uh, produce their life. And uh, so there's a balance there, and, and CO2 uh, only in recent times has been described as a pollutant or a, or a poison in the atmosphere, but rather it was a natural part of, of the balance of creation and actually the beauty of the, it is. the complexity of our, our creation. And so from a Christian perspective, uh, we might disagree on the... Uh, the science, okay, and, sure. and uh, others would give you know other mm -hmm. statistics that they like to promote in terms mm -hmm. of uh, you know what's happening and who's causing it and so on. Uh, but uh, you also, uh, and especially in your involvement with the Cornwall Alliance, the emphasis is from a Christian perspective: what is this doing to the vulnerable people in the world? And so maybe we could talk a little bit about sure. uh, you know what are the overall consequences of all these uh, the spending on renewable quote-unquote resources and so on well there's a lot of issues particularly between if if you're really poor what you're going to spend all of your effort on is getting food clothing shelter and security and you'll move heaven and earth to get that and in particular for example in in india um, the ganges river serves both as the source of water and as a source of the sewer take dirty water away. Well, why would you do that? It's not ecologically grouped. Well, the problem is they're so poor that being ecologically sound isn't on the radar screen. Food, clothing, shelter, and security are their primary goals. Once you can supply those, then people can become more econo uh, excuse me, ecologically aware. And in, the only way you can do that is essentially to get people a little bit of energy and essentially to keep them going with the point of bringing about uh, more economic development. If you stifle economics, if, if the worst thing you can do is this noble native concept. The idea is they've lived like natives for years and in, one with the environment and we should keep them living that same way. The problem of course is they'll have 18 children because 16 will die before the age of puberty. So the argument then becomes, well, you know, if, you, if these people start to survive, you can't handle a family of size 18. And what we found is the population explosion never happens, that once you find out that more people are surviving, the birth rate goes down. Right. So right. essentially... So the, one of the motivations originally uh, for population control was not what it is now. Now it's CO2 uh, is attacking the same thing. But they were saying, you know, the, the resources are running out. And one of the things that they used to say was the fossil fuels will run out. Right. And what do we know about that uh, projection? Yeah, I mean, now that we've got fracking, we've got the ability to have more natural gas. Natural gas is more efficient than coal. And like we said, over 100 years ago, we came up with nuclear. Uh, who knows what we'll find in the next hundred years? I mean, maybe right. wind and solar will we, we will find the ability to use those in a different way than we have now, uh, because now it's very difficult to get the the rare earth minerals out of the ground uh, without strip mining and so forth. But maybe they'll come along a way of doing that that'll get it make energy ubiquitous mm -hmm. and everyone will be happy. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the last hundred years we've come through a revolution with nuclear. A lot of people don't want to use nuclear, and a lot of people are now proposing that's the way we should go. Right. Uh, in terms of the footprint that it has on the environment, nuclear has much less footprint than almost anything, including wind and solar. Right. And then there's uh, thermonuclear 
energy, which has not been tapped because right. it's too hard to control still yes, after yeah. 50 to 70 years of research. Exactly. But that may be another option. But who uh, knows? I mean, that's, with, that's uh, just using heavy water as a exactly. fuel source, which would be unlimited. But uh, in terms of the fossil fuels, uh, really, uh, the alarmists have said, well, we're going to run out in 10 or 20 years. They've and now we're that. talking yeah. about 100, uh, right. 200 right. years of fossil fuels left before we run out and have to really uh, make the switch. Well, that's usually the disastrous scenario. You know, by 2005, there will not be any snow in, uh, in England. You know, there, you know, we will not see this, that, and the other. And then it has to be pushed back to 2010 and then 2020. And you sort of, you know, like, as I said before with the Y2K, there was a drop-dead deadline when we'll know when it happens or not. Here, it's always a moving target. If it didn't happen by now, well, it'll happen in the future. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Trust me. Trust me. Right. And that's where the problem is. I no longer have trust in them. Yeah. And the unintended consequences, again, going back to the compassion for the needy of the world, is, uh, for example, ethanol. Uh, that was supposed to be to solve pollutants and mm -hmm. the use of fossil fuels and so on, and hasn't done any of that really. Uh, but uh, it did cause even food riots in some countries because yeah. the price of corn uh, and turning it into fuel instead of just food uh, skyrocketed, helped the farmers out, mm -hmm. uh, certainly, but uh, That's bad the for engines people in the world uh, oh, yeah. uh, suffered, and, and uh, the price of corn, even in places like Mexico, where that's one of the staples, uh, became a, a serious problem. Exactly. And so there are unintended consequences, we're saying, on some of these, uh, you know, even if you disagree on some of the things being done, uh, and politicians will say something like, let's keep the price of energy high. Well, yeah. who, who gets hurt most exactly. with the high price of energy? Who can afford it? Who can't? Right. And exactly. So it's the, you know, it's not the guys flying in their Lear jets that are concerned about the price of gasoline. It's the person driving to work and exactly taking their right. kids to school. And, and uh, so... Uh, again, uh, concern about what the, the consequences are, I think, is a driving force in in terms of the Cornwall Alliance right. Christian perspective on on what it's uh, doing to people and the fact that Christians do care about uh, mm -hmm. about people. Uh, we're the the most important aspect of creation, made in God's image, but we also care about the environment as well, don't most we? Most definitely, most definitely. And part of the issue too is when you have sort of all of these the, these projects that we want to limit energy and limit energy. You find out what a temp, what effect does it have on temperature, and it winds up it will change temperature by zero point zero 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 one degrees Celsius. Yeah, and so prove it. Yeah, right, right, all of this yeah. all of this draconian effort that's right. going to have all this impact on the individual, and all, on the poor in particular, and have almost no effect whatsoever on the climate is just mind-boggling that people would see that as a reasonable choice right and then you have a volcano that goes off and the temperature drops yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know uh, for you know can drop for a couple of degrees worldwide even for exactly, a, yeah. a year or more uh, because of the effects of uh, of again uh, reducing the energy coming into the atmosphere exactly and uh, these things happen and but you have even penn state guys that uh, i saw in one of their research magazines they were predicting uh what's their their new adjustment to their climate uh, change uh, figures uh, uh, made them make a statement actually about 500 years from now the the oceans will be 50 feet deeper yeah <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> 500 years and they get away with it and they publish it in one I, of their I understand. publications and so our credulity is stretched uh, but even more importantly you know what is it doing to the people that we exactly. care about and, uh, and if we're really concerned about the poor 
then we need to think about food, clothing, shelter, and security. And that's where energy, particularly inexpensive energy, goes an awful long way. Right. And so uh, keeping it inexpensive, that's the, exactly. the, the thing that uh, all of these efforts are, are holding back because we are finding more and more sources even of uh, oil and gasoline and so right. on in, in Keeping uh, natural it expensive, only, as you said, only supports the, the rich and makes the poor poor. Right. Yeah. And, and then some politicians, again, who get extreme on this issue will say we need to even raise the price of energy uh, in order so people will drive their cars mm-hmm. less and use mm-hmm. less le- electricity. And uh, people are good at solving problems as well and, and <laughs> conserving because they do want to uh, conserve their budget. So a yeah. lot of the force behind uh, conservation and and taking care of the environment. No one wants dirty water and dirty air. Right. Uh, is simply you know common sense. Right. Uh, but uh, these extreme measures that are being done, billions and even trillions of dollars being poured into things that, again, are not producing you know any major exactly. uh, improvement in the climate and harming uh, many people where the resources could be put elsewhere. And we need to separate the co- effect of carbon dioxide from the effect of the other true pollutants that we're worried about. Because we are concerned about the true pollutants, nitrogen oxide, sulfur oxides, so forth. But carbon dioxide, as I said, it, it makes, it's, it has a limited effect on climate. It has a very good effect on plants. Uh, trying to stop it has a tremendous economic impact, which is only gonna hurt the poor. I, I, I just don't follow that argument. Right, okay, and of course the poor involves minorities and uh, oh, undeveloped yes. countries yeah, and everywhere. the elderly, okay, exactly. are fit in that category. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you with us for this edition of the Lion's Den University Report. My guest, Dr. David Legates, here at the University of Delaware in Newark, Delaware. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at The Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com. Welcome to The Lion's Den.